This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I did everything right and they indicted me. This is Good Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. And, in case you missed it at the beginning, Trump. This is, a, this is real, Let's hear it by again. the way. Let's this hear it is, again. Just remember, this is real. I did everything right, and they indicted me. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken good. like a true... It's spoken like a true toddler. Yeah, that's actually that, real. That's the 45th president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. I did everything right, and they indicted me. They Trump, indicted Trump, me. Trump finally got his own button on the board. We've been uh, Biden's been hogging all those things up, but he, he finally got a button on there. Oh, what else we got here? Come on, man. That's a good one. That's a good button. I did everything right, and they indicted me. Oh, God, gotta, I miss him. That's on the next page of uh, buttons. Well, what's up, everyone? This is Good Morning Liberty. My name's Nate. Over there is Charles. I don't know why, but there is an overwhelming sense of happiness in the room today, it's, and it's just glorious. I love it. The feeling is in the air. Mm. Maybe I know why. It's because it's White Pill Wednesday. Oh, that's right. That's why this is such the day we fake positivity. We finally <laughs> fake. Oh, and Costco isn't here right now. Yeah. In the uh, Fed Haters Club, by the way, Costco likes to make fun of Charlie, try and make him cry. And, um, you know, he doesn't always succeed. So anyway, if you want to come hang out, go to joingml.com. Today's kind of White Pill Wednesday, I'll be honest. Uh, they're not all white pills. And, uh, and that's going to be fine. It's going to be a good episode. We didn't get to do an episode yesterday, unfortunately, because we got busy. And now we are going to actually do a regular episode. Okay, let me, let me tell you what the first thing is that we're talking about. The first thing that we're going to start with is the first story, okay? That's, From the, that, uh, that's where I would start, too. Yeah, I had yeah. considered... First things first. Yeah, I considered starting with the third thing that we were going to talk about, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. And so the White House tweeted out, uh, talking about inflation, there is this beautiful graphic from the White House that says inflation has fallen by more than half. Mm. What they said was great news. Today's inflation report shows annual inflation is now at the lowest level since March of 2021 and less than half of what it was last June. This is giving families real breathing room. They qualified it by putting the word real mm. before breathing room. So before the, they didn't have any breathing rooms. Oh, this is a real one, though. Now, they, now everyone is able to install a breathing Maybe room they in mean their house. Physical breathing rooms. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what the inflation came from, is they had to pay mm. for all the breathing rooms. I that's got right. you. Okay, yeah. well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, so the thing about inflation is, Charlie, it still means it's inflating. It's, it, still, it's still up. It's still going up. 
And so framing this in the context of we are giving people more breathing room when prices are still going up. And by the way, we'll talk about it here in a second, still going up more than wages have been uh, throughout at least Biden's tenure. Um, that's just a lie, essentially. All right. This Because remember, this is year over year. Yes. Okay. So when you look at this, it's 4% higher than it was in March of 2022. Well, let me show you. This is interesting for the chart masters out there. Look at this high from, say, 1920, and then we get the 50s, late 40s to 50, and then we get the 70s inflation boom, and then that's exactly 9.1% where we came off of was the top of that trend line, 9.1%, and we're now down at 4% inflation. That number is less than half of 9.1. I checked it, calculator earlier, mm -hmm. and it is, in fact, less than half of that. The problem is it's still going up. Did you carry the one? I did. Yeah, I carried the one over. Okay. It is, yeah, it's less than half. This Was is the that actual common core math or just regular old fashioned math? Well, I used old fashioned math for this. Conservative okay. math. Hmm. Yeah. Couldn't make the tens work out gotcha. for the okay. common core. I'm thing. just checking. The CPI, the actual consumer price index. Okay, that is the way to look at what we are all feeling out there when we buy our stuff. Since the beginning of the pandemic. So this is covering Biden's tenure as president and some of Trump's towards the end of uh, his uh, last days outside of prison. Uh, we've got 17% since the beginning of the pandemic that the consumer price index has gone up, all right? And it's still going up right now. And in fact, if we just look at over the last couple of years, we've got 13% over the last couple of years. Remember this 4% is on top of whatever the year over year was the previous year. And so we Which got- Which was up from the previous year from that. It was. Generally, that's how it works. All right. And so when they frame this as we're giving people real breathing room, a lot of people who think that inflation being cut in half means that prices went down. Prices have gone down on some things. Uh, the price of eggs has dropped quite a bit over the last year or so. Uh, but the prices are still going up. And in fact, when you look at the core, it has hardly decreased as much as what the um, the CPI uh, for the CPI heavy, as I call it, not CPI light. <clears throat> OK, uh, when you look at real average weekly earnings. All right. During this time period, this is in the negative. You see that red right there? Sorry, T-Dub asked a great question. OK, first. we need to know. So corporations are less greedy now. Yeah, all of them. They got together. And they're like, let's turn the greed meter down. They had a meeting. We weren't invited mm. uh, to it, but they all had a Zoom, or WebEx probably. Uh, they all got together and yeah. they were like, let's all agree, all of us at the same time, to stop price gouging as much as we have been. They're still price gouging, clearly, because and prices are going up, which is gouging. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll make it seem like we've cut inflation in half. Yeah. And then, and then we'll release oxygen out to people's rooms. The breathing room. For breathing purposes. <laughs> the U.S. real average weekly earnings. So nice of them, by the way. It is nice of them. Mm. You see how this is all in the red? That's because when you weight that with CPI, with the, with the actual inflation, that's people's earnings actually going down during this time. That's not good. That's not what you want. All right. So the breathing room that he's talking about is that right now your wages are declining less than they were a year ago, and that's breathing room. They're still declining. Still going down. Comparatively. That's, uh, that's, that's basically what's your purchasing. Your purchasing power is still going down. 
but it's less than what it was before. Now, of course, we're dealing that with... That means that the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act is working. Oh, yeah. This is... Uh, the inflation yeah. coming down probably perfectly coincides with the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Mm. We'll have to uh, cross-check that with the charts, but that could be it. Charles, all this money, all these charts that we have with all this inflation happening, some would say that that has a little bit to do with all the money that was spent during the pandemic. Mm. And of course, um, the pandemic was the coronavirus, which, as we know, first, it latches on to the supply chain and it infects the supply chain and makes it to where it can't work anymore. Okay. That's right. And then it works its way through. All the non-essential businesses. See, the problem is the supply chain wasn't uh, wasn't stopped soon enough. And so some of the box trucks left the supply chain infected with COVID already. They brought it to some of the non-essential businesses. I said box trucks, not semis. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And so they brought COVID to the smaller businesses. Luckily, just, you know, Walmart and Amazon, they were fine. Anyway, that's COVID. That's how yeah. it works. But Terry's, Terry's grocery store and, and gas station, they had to... Oh, yeah. They were not essential. Gone. Actually is gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. How about the billions of COVID-19 relief aid uh, that was either stolen or wasted? This is from the Associated Press. And Charlie, there is an article associated with this. All and right. we can kind of go back and forth in here and talk about how the government likes to spend money. Fraudsters. These are not, uh, these, are, these are fraud mm -hmm. people. Fraudsters used the social security numbers of dead people to vote. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they use the numbers of dead people and federal prisoners to get unemployment checks. Cheaters collected those benefits in multiple states, and federal loan applicants weren't cross-checked against a Treasury Department database that would have raised red flags about sketchy borrowers. Mm. Hmm. This is so... You wouldn't want to do that. That would have mm. taken them like an extra day. All of something. it led to the greatest grift in U.S. history, which with thieves plundering billions of dollars in federal COVID-19 relief aid intended to combat the worst pandemic in a century and to stabilize an economy in free fall. So they're basically behaving like defense contractors. <laughs> Essentially, that's what they're doing. Now, remember, these people are thieves, and they uh, they are. Well, a lot of them actually are thieves. Good-for-nothing tricksters. That's it, right, Jeff. It's, Good to remember that all of the money was stolen in the first place. And so we are talking about people stealing stolen money, mm. which is complicated, I will admit. Yeah. And we'll cross that bridge when we burn it. Mm -hmm. An Associated Press analysis found that fraudsters potentially stole more, stole more than $280 billion Woo! in COVID-19. Love that money. <laughs> COVID-19 relief funding. Another $123 billion was wasted or misspent. It's just mismanagement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Combined, the loss represents 10% of the $4.2 trillion the U.S. government has so far dispersed in COVID relief aid. 10% of the money. $420 billion. Investigators say the government is seeking to quickly spend trillions in relief aid, conducted too little oversight during the pandemic's early stages, and in, uh, instituted too few restrictions on applicants. Most of the looted money was swiped from three large pandemic relief initiatives launched during the Trump administration and inherited by, of course, <laughs> Do you see, uh, uh, President Joe that out. Biden. Yep. <clears throat> Those programs were designed to help small businesses and unemployed workers survive the economic upheaval caused by the pandemic. Trump, <clears throat> that's right, caused by the pandemic. Remember, as we laid out previously, how the virus spread 
mm-hmm. from supply chain to non-essential businesses to non-essential workers. And for people who don't know that we're super sarcastic about things, mm-hmm. uh, the point is these were political decisions that were made to shut down businesses and force us into the situation we were all in. Yeah. Okay, it's not caused by the pandemic, it's caused by the government's response to the pandemic. Two weeks to flatten the curve was turned into like, you lose your job and can't work. Yeah, it's, it's in the fine print. Trump approved emergency aid measures totaling $3.2 trillion. Biden's 2021 American Rescue Plan authorized the spending of another $1.9 trillion. About a fifth of the $5.2 trillion has yet to be paid out, according to the committee's most recent accounting. An $837 billion IRS program, for example, succeed... Uh, they still have a trillion dollars that hasn't been paid out. Succeeded 99% of the time in getting economic stimulus checks to the proper taxpayers, according to the tax agency. That's pretty good numbers. 99% of the mm. time, they succeeded. Nevertheless, the 1% failure rate translated into nearly $8 billion going to ineligible individuals. Wow. You see, when you're dealing with... That's a lot of, that's a lot of honey buns in prison, by the way. I that's mean, a lot. Yeah. When you're dealing with big numbers like that, your 1% failure rate is $8 billion. Yeah. That's quite a lot. An IRS spokesman said the agency does not agree with all the figures cited by the watchdog and noted that, even if correct, the loss represented a tiny fraction of the program's budget. That's but, what I would tell my boss, too. You know, look. You know, it doesn't feel like it. I, I know we <laughs> lost $8 billion, but come on. Yep. We got $826 billion correct. You know? Let's look at the positives here. Mm. Between March 2020 and the end of July 2020, the SBA granted 3.2 million COVID-19 economic injury disaster loans, totaling $169 billion, while at the same time implementing the huge new PPP program, the Paycheck Protection Program. In the haste, guardrails to protect federal money were dropped. Uh, prospective borrowers were allowed to self-certify that their loan was what they needed. Now, that was cut off, so I just had to... They were able to self-certify. That's a little risky. And I wanted to put some of this... Just like you were able to self-certify your own income Mm -hmm. in 2008 and 2006, 7 and 8 when you were buying a house. Now, I have uh, no direct knowledge of people doing this thing, but I do know someone who at one point in their life, was an Uber driver, okay? And the second batch of SBA loans included people who did uh, contract work, okay? And so if you had, if you could claim that you were not able to Uber drive, even if, say, you hadn't driven for Uber in a couple of years, uh, you could still claim that you had lost wages because of the pandemic and just get money. Yeah. I don't... That's all hearsay. That's you heard. No, that. I mean it's you know someone told a friend who told a friend who told a friend who then told me mm-hmm. not to tell anyone about yep. it. But I'm not I'm not naming any names here. But you just, and you're so far away from yeah. the actual perpetrator. Absolutely. That yeah. I don't even know the person's name. <laughs> is how far away I am. Yeah, it's so anonymous. It's mm-hmm. more anonymous than Alcoholics Anonymous. I know because at least the Alcoholics, you're on a first name yeah. basis there. Whistleblowers. You can come to us, as you can tell right now. All right. We're keeping whoever you are out there. We're keeping you safe mm-hmm. right now. We're just reporting the news. Mm-hmm. That's all we're doing. The but, S- one more thing. I'm sorry. I pulled this up. Charlie, the, the waste, 400 so billion dollars. That is the net worth of Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Warren Buffett. 
all of them combined. And that's how much waste we have. Why don't these guys want to pay more wealth taxes? <laughs> you know? It shouldn't be a big deal, though, because the waste is just a small fraction. True. Only 10%. <laughs> you know, you got to be a glass half full kind of guy when you're looking at these <clears throat> numbers, okay? The SBA Inspector General's Office has estimated fraud in the COVID-19 Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program at $86 billion and the Paycheck Protection Program at $20 billion. That's the own uh, SBA Inspector General's Office, which means you know it's higher than that. It's definitely more than that. And I will tell you, some of this money that they aren't saying is fraud or waste was still, was still waste. Okay? Let me give you another anecdote I read on... Um, What's that thing where you read people read stuff? Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> Literally couldn't think of it. That's what, yeah. Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. Some people I, call it read it. I heard on Reddit, for instance, I'll just give you like super rough numbers here and rough estimates. It's not going to be exact, but let's say for farmers, let's say you had a farm. All right. I, I was on Reddit for farmers, the sub thread yeah. uh, for that. And uh, what they would do for 2020 through farmersonly.com mm -hmm. because you were just, yeah, you were just doing research. Yes. Researching. Uh, let's say in 2020, what they would say is, uh, well, we know that you probably have lost income, lost income. So tell us what your income was in 2018. And if it's different in 2020, we'll just make up the difference between the two of those things. Doesn't matter if you had more businesses going in 2018 or more, whatever, we'll just make up the difference. And then the really cool thing, let's say for a farmer, is that you could have less income in 2020 if you just put all of your grain in a grain bin and you wait until 2021 to sell it. Mm. And I don't think people actually did this, but I have read stories on Reddit of people doing this. And things like that, where there are millions to hundreds of millions of dollars going out because people did little things like that, aren't counted as waste in these numbers or fraud or anything because they can't count it like that. Mm. But there's a lot of waste. A okay. Bunch. Yeah. Uh, a 2022 study from the University of Texas at Austin found almost five times as many suspicious paycheck protection program loans as the $20 billion SBA's inspector general has reported so far. Five times. Mm. University of Texas at Austin found. So remember how I told you that it's usually higher than what the government reports. The research led by finance professor John Griffin found as much as $117 billion in questionable and possibly fraudulent loans. Now, questionable, that's going to be a lot of them mm -hmm. for sure. Horowitz, the pandemic watchdog chairman, criticized the government's failure, er, failure early on to use the Do Not Pay Treasury Department database designed to keep government money from going to debarred contractors, fugitives, felons, or people convicted of tax fraud. That's right, Charlie. They have a list. They have a do not pay list. Of people mm -hmm. who they can't give money to because they're known fraudsters, good for nothing tricksters. Good for nothing tricksters. That's right. And they did not... It's a tricksters list. <laughs> they didn't think to uh, check that list. Mm -mm. Not even once. Okay, I'm not saying they got to be like Santa Claus or anything. Okay? We're not, I'm not saying they got to check it twice. Okay, but they didn't to find out if there's any naughty yeah. people. No, on. they didn't even think about it. They're better than Santa Claus. Screw Santa Claus, a judgmental prick. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. 
The Biden administration put in place stricter rules to stem pandemic fraud, including use of the Do Not Pay database. Biden also recently proposed a $1.6 billion plan to boost law enforcement efforts to go after pandemic relief fraudsters and tricksters. Now, I love that part because we have a $1.6 billion plan to pay law enforcement. So here's what they do. They're going to steal $1.6 billion from us to try and find other people that stole the money that the government stole from us mm-hmm. already. And we're just going to pay for the people to go look for that too. Yeah. What a racket. Makes sense. The coronavirus pandemic plunged the U.S. economy into a short but devastating recession. I didn't think we had a recession, but now we do. Well, there was in, Fe- in March 2020, February, March 2020. I thought we needed two consecutive months that... Two consecutive quarters of negative... Quarters, uh, sorry, that's what I meant. I don't know if we got the two quarters, but I do think they've marked it as a little tiny recession there. Just a little dip. Right there at the very bottom where we started counting people's wealth growth on March 18th (laughs) or whatever the date is. Jobless rates soared into double digits and Washington sent hundreds of billions of dollars to states to help the suddenly unemployed. Fraud and pandemic unemployment assistance program stands at $76 billion according to congressional mm. testimony from Labor Department Inspector General Larry Turner. That's unemployment assistance. Okay. That's a conservative estimate, of course, because it's coming from the government. Another $115 billion mistakenly went to people who should not have received the benefits according to his testimony. Too There's much- $76 billion in fraud and $115 billion that mm. shouldn't have gone to the people it went to. In a mistake. Mm-hmm. In a rounding error. Too much government money, Republicans argue, breeds fraud, waste, and inflation. Democrats have countered that that all the financial muscle from Washington saved lives, businesses, and jobs. (sighs) (laughs) All right. This is, listen. It's worth it for the no, no good for tricksters to get the money as long as we're saving out there saving lives. We can either uh, we can either make arguments like from a libertarian standpoint that taxation is theft, and we can say, well, none of these things are ever a good idea because they're using stolen money. You could also say, okay, fine, they take some taxes. Here's the problem: they're going to be keen terrible at spending the money, and they're going to waste it, and they're going to spend way too much money on things. They're not even counting increased prices that they paid for things. This unemployment. This unemployment assistance program fraud is not even counting the people who only went on unemployment because they could get the money from unemployment. And that's still a justifiable reason. But what if that unemployment assistance wouldn't have been there? There's so much money here that was wasted that they had to take out of people's pockets or out of their kids or out of their grandkids' pockets. And we printed a bunch of new money or put a bunch of new money in a computer. And now we're all paying for it through Inflation, which is why we started with the inflation mm-hmm. to start with. Here's, <clears throat> this could have been a dumb bleep, but I wanted to add it on uh, right here. This person, Stephanie Kelton, who is a author of a New York Times bestseller called The Deficit Myth, who would like everyone to know that deficits are not a bad thing. That's actually a surplus for the economy. Let me tell you why. There's a uh, post she's commenting on, says the U.S. government spent $548 billion and received $307 billion in revenue last month. The difference between that is $241 billion. She says last month, the federal government 
deposited $241 billion into the non-federal government part of the economy. And what she means is, anytime they don't take it back, that means the government just created a surplus in the economy and gave us all this great money for us to have. What about when, first off, when they spend the money, the prices go, they pay way too much for stuff. You can look to the Department of Defense. You can look at the fraud, the waste, the abuse. And what about the fact that they got to take the money from the people in the first place? You can't say that there's a surplus after they take it and then they take some of it back and whatever's left is a surplus. They took the money from those people to begin with. I don't understand how... She literally, here's a chart. <clears throat> Down here are the deficits. And almost equally opposite are what she calls surpluses in the economy. Because a deficit means that the government left more money out there in the economy and didn't take it back. But of course, we're talking about money that the government spent, which the government only has money that they take from other people or that they're going to take from other people in the future, either through borrowing, taxation, or inflation. They're going to get it back. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're all paying for it right now. 17% inflation since the beginning of the pandemic that we're all paying for. That's an extra tax. It is a tax. And that means you are not creating a surplus. It always comes back out somehow. And right now, we're, it's getting taken back out through the increased price of goods. Look, this lady from the live group, I'm not going to say her name, but it's a lady. Trust me. She said, this literally sounds like the government is ran by women. <laughs> I get what she's saying here. It's like when you buy a shirt on sale, right? On sale. You know, it's like... I just saved $20. It's like, well, no. Uh -uh, no. You still spent 20 Yeah. Well, the shirt was 40 <laughs> That means I saved 20 No, actually, you didn't save any money. You still spent 20 mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you were going to buy it at 40 This This idea of this modern monetary theory where you can just stand in a bucket and lift yourself up, uh, which, which can't, physically not possible uh, to do. Um, this idea would work if the government was putting the money towards uses that were going to create long-term investment growth. Like Apple okay. takes out debt and they take that debt and they create products that are worth way more than the amount of debt that they the took out. the interest they're going to pay on that debt. Yes. There's, yes, and then the interest on, that they're going to pay. The government takes the money and they end up with less than the amount of money that they spent. If they were actually good at growing and investing, then they wouldn't even need to tax us anymore because they've already taxed like $110 trillion out of the economy since the year 1913 or whatever it is, and they're still in a massive deficit. They're clearly not as good as uh, Apple or Amazon or anyone at, at, at growing their, their investments when they make them. So it's not an investment. It's not a surplus. They just would have put that hundred trillion into the S and P. Who knows what? They would, <laughs> who knows what they would have by now? Okay, let's get on to something that's funny, uh, because it is White Pill Wednesday, and I thought we could go through a couple yeah. funny things. I did everything right, and they indicted me. <laughs> that's a good one. That's yeah. a funny one. It's a real video, by the way. Um, that's really Trump. I don't have it pulled up right now. I didn't believe it at first either. <laughs> I really didn't. I was like, "That's got to be AI. That's got to be a deep fake." Nope. And thank you. That's real. Uh, thank you to the person who I believe someone tagged us in that, or uh, somehow I believe it came from a 
uh, subscriber to the podcast who pointed us in that direction. I don't have it pulled up right now, but thank you for sending that over. Uh, this is one. This I came from John. I did everything right and they indicted me. <laughs> I did everything right and they indicted me. <laughs> All right. Uh, John sent this over today. Someone got a hold of the someone got a hold of the Chiron over at Fox News when Biden was speaking and Trump was speaking. And it wasn't there for very long. I just want to point out, this is funny. At the bottom of the screen, it says, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty That's good. That's hilarious. I do have to say, some people aren't going to like this. We, we, we talked about the indictment. We talked about the documents. Listen, it's bad. We would not, if, if it was anyone who was a Democrat or whatever, you would not want people doing what Trump did. Is this real, by the way? This is real. Yeah, saw multiple confirmed sources on this. That's hilarious. I, I assume they caught it pretty quickly, but Who someone jumped in there and changed it. That lower third. That Wanna, is, be dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. Now, that is incredible. I'll be honest, when I, when I first saw that Trump was really getting indicted for these documents and I saw how bad it was, I got a little bit excited, and it's not because I like it when people go to prison. I got a little bit excited because I think Trump has zero chance of winning the election. And I think if we actually, if you actually wanted Biden to not win the next election, it's got to be someone other than Trump that's running. And my, my excitement quickly faded because I realized as fast as our legal system works, I mean, he's, he's not going to be convicted by the election, probably. Yep. They're going to try and push it out past that and use this, and he'll still get, he'll still win the primary, and he'll still be the nominee. Mm. And we'll see. It, could, it would be kind of funny to watch him pardon himself, but I don't think he has any chance of winning. I got a little excited because I was like, oh, that means he's going to be gone, and then DeSantis is going to be the front runner, and I actually think DeSantis can win. But that's not, it's not what's mm. going to happen. Mm. And his poll numbers have gone up. Good Lord, it's like 63% now <laughs> from Republicans. It's crazy. I told you. My God. There's nothing. I told you. It only gets better. Yeah. He needs more indictments. It doesn't matter. Ron DeSantis has got to get some indictments out any, there, man. Any press is good press. If I were DeSantis, I would say, I don't want anyone resting until I get indicted for something next week. <laughs> he needs to immediately. Punch, he needs to punch a baby. Yeah. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> he needs to punch a baby. All right. Here's some good news. I think this is actually the last story um, that we're going to cover for White Pill Wednesday. We, the crazy culture stuff. Uh, has been crazy. And that you know that because I called it crazy culture stuff. It's June. Our culture wanna... is in a transition period. It is. <laughs> Trans culture. Yeah. It's changing to mm -hmm. a different uh, to a different one. Um, it, it gets me down sometimes because I think that there's, that people have just completely lost their minds. And then I remember that Twitter is not a good judge of the whole of America. California is not a good judge of America. Most people haven't lost their minds. Yes. Now, this is just a survey, and it's only a survey of a thousand people, but Gallup has been conducting this survey uh, for quite some time, and there are some changes. It's a trans survey, all right? Most Americans oppose, including trans athletes in sports, poll finds. Nearly 70% of U.S. adults say transgender athletes should be allowed to compete only on sports teams that correspond with the sexes they were assigned at birth, or with their sex, is another way of saying it. But this is from NBC. I brought the, the poll. Look at this. 
Here's where the white pill starts to come in. 2021 versus 2023, Charlie. What do we got? So, uh, able to play on teams that match identity in May of 2021, that was 34%. And in May of 2023, just two years later, that's down to 26%. They lost eight points. Or they can only be on teams that match birth gender. That was at 62%. Now up to 69%. That's plus seven. Basically the same. Uh, Those with no opinion are not shown. So. All right. We got another one here. Uh, Based on familiar. This is a This was kind of a funny one. And I don't mean this to be mean. Okay, but if you know a transgender person in 2021, if you know a trans person, in 2021, 40% of people that know a trans person said that they should be able to play on teams that match their identity. In 2023, that went down to 30%. If you know a trans person, that change, by the way, is more than the change for people who don't know a trans person. (laughs) Meaning you're more likely to have changed to thinking that, that they shouldn't play on teams that match their identity. By knowing one. By knowing a trans person. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me. That number went from 31% uh, teams that match identity down to 23% uh, teams that match identity. Okay. Now, that was interesting, I thought. And then the other thing here, when we look at Republicans, Independents, and Democrats... Uh, between those two years, uh, if you say only teams that match birth gender, uh, for Republicans, that went from 86% up to 93%. For independents, it went from 63% up to 67%. And, wow. for, and for Democrats, it went from 41 up to 48 Wow. Which is actually the biggest percentage change, uh, real percentage change, what would you say, nominal or whatever you say, 41 to 48, mm-hmm. that's seven percentage points, but seven percentage points from 41% is a much bigger percentage change all around. And now what? Do you guys just watch what happens over the next five to 10 years? All the Democrats are going to come out and say, like, we never supported trans <laughs> rights. Just watch. Yeah. Because that's what they did with gay marriage, never supported gay marriage, and all of a sudden, I've always been in support of gay marriage. Always. But what, this seems to be going the opposite direction, Charlie. How does That's what I'm saying. They're going to come out and say, like, yeah, we never, I know. we never thought that you should be able to change your child's sex. That's crazy. But how did this happen? Because with gay marriage, people become more and more accepting of it over time. But people are becoming less accepting of this specific trans issue when it comes to trans athletes. Why because do you think that's obvious? Do you think it's been because it's, obvious. it's been more in our faces? Uh, over the last couple of years? I think because it's painfully obvious and and especially you have the feminist movement starting to recognize like, hey, we're supposed to be standing up for women here and we're allowing men to beat women. This is this is going in the wrong direction, folks. You think it's because as more people become affected by it or you see more stories of people being affected by it? Because Bailey said, uh, is it because they lack principles? Um, I don't know if they... I, I don't know if it's the principles or... They just didn't know, hadn't really seen much about it yet. And we've seen more stories now with the uh, Leah Thomas stuff and, uh, and several other instances. Now, it's not a ton. You got we the make, What is a Woman documentary. That's a big I one. I think was pretty for good. For sure, too. I think it had over 10 million views or something like that on YouTube. Yeah. 
It's insane. Magoo said when people are forced to have an opinion on something, they tend to look into it more. That's a good good point too. Before, like, didn't think about it. Like, I don't care. I don't, I don't what's, care. What's a trans? But these days, silence is violence. Yeah. And so then you actually have to look into it and then you realize, well, this is ridiculous. This is a hoax. Yeah. It's completely it's ridiculous. Um, let me see. Uh, oh, what Bailey said, didn't Lee Thomas recently commit to becoming a woman? I don't know. I haven't followed much, much of that kind of stuff at all. Actually, I haven't seen much culture war stuff this week and it's been really nice. Mm, that's because but, Trump's indicted. True. That's because we need Trump. I did everything right and they indicted me. We need that to happen more often, yeah, I guess. That's right. I think that's all we got for today, Charlie. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's White Pill Wednesday of an kind episode. Of, kind of White Pill. It was so promising and just full of <laughs> bewilderment. The last 10 wonder minutes. Wonder and positivity. The last 10 minutes were good. It was full of toxic positivity. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if you're into toxic positivity on Wednesdays, then make sure you hit that subscribe button. Smash that pl little plus sign up in the top right-hand corner of Apple Podcast or follow on Spotify or anywhere else that you listen there's a few of you that are still, I don't know, downloading the MP3 and transferring it to your MP3 device. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, yeah. Just keep doing S it. Soon we're going to get this all and, released on a CD at Walmart. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And then share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. Make sure they know what toxic positivity is all about because that's what we do here on Wednesdays. Just toxic positivity. I can't get enough of it, mm -hmm. honestly. Uh, all week long, I look forward to Positivity Wednesdays, White Pill Wednesday. Go to joingmail.com, be part of the Fed Haters Club. That's if you have hate in your heart and you want to let it out, let it out in the club. Just like it's Costco a, does yeah. every day. Yeah, and it's all a right. place, and we get, we get to talk about this club, unlike Fight Club. Mm -hmm. We get to talk about this one because we're all, we're all there together. In fact, the first rule of the Fed Haters Club is to, to talk, talk about, about the <laughs> Fed Haters Club. That's exactly <laughs> the right. The second rule is the same thing, mm -hmm. too. You talk about the yes. Fed Haters Club. Mm -hmm. And the third rule is... I'm going to have to draw that up. Third um, rule is both. A, yeah. a and B. Choose, I choose both. Go to, to joingml.com. Join That's joingml.com. Or go to godhatesfeds.com. Pick yourself up some merch and follow the link to join the Fed Haters Club. And if you do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.